So yeah, so I I found that the street food in Sikkim was also very very vegan friendly, and uh, most of it was very Asian, Southeast Asian. So and delicious as fuck, and delicious. <laughs> yeah, I think you can say delicious AF. I think that's allowed. I'm not sixteen. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Hello everybody, episode 4 of The Two Vegans. So it, it feels like it's been a while since we spoke, but uh, I just wasn't on the last episode and that's why it feels like it's been ages for me. But yeah, in case you guys missed it, the last episode, Heathel spoke to fashion consultant Victoria Parker and you guys talked about different cruelty-free fashion options and fashion alternatives. So quite an interesting episode. Yeah, I think it has been by far the best received episode and uh, Victoria obviously has shown a lot of light on cruelty outside food as well. And I think a lot of people don't realize where uh, clothes come from or where their fashion comes from. From I think it was a great episode. I had a lot of fun. I'm I'm very uh, proud of that episode actually. So today we're kind of doing a live recording. Uh, so we're outdoors. We're we're up in Jumeirah at Comtour 102, a lovely cafe that does quite a few vegan options. So we've decided to like sit together, have some breakfast, and record. It's quite a different feeling actually to record outside as opposed to our lovely home studio. Yeah, I think it's a pretty lovely place. I wasn't expecting to see a lot of crowd on a Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. We're trying out a plate of vegan nut cheese with some fig paste. Chirag has been boring as always drinking a black lemonade. Hey. Actually no, I lie. I'm more boring. I'm drinking a strawberry banana smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> There can be nothing creative about it. It's a good experience. We'll find out more once we start recording and once more people start coming in. The editor has a tough job on his hand. Yeah, I mean, one of the ideas that we had actually was to sort of try and highlight some of the fun restaurants around town that are offering tons of ups, right? So that was kind of the idea that we started this way. We're going to uh, chat a bit about traveling. So both Heathal and I happen to be traveling different parts of uh, India, as it turns out, towards the end of November and we're in December. So we thought we'd just share our experiences, you know, trying to look at options. Of course, we were in a pretty vegetarian friendly country and hence by extrapolation a little bit easier to to veganize options even if vegan options didn't exist but um you know it's something to share uh what that was like so you were up in sikkim which is in the northeast of india so why did you pick Sikkim and then how was the experience? I personally believe that the northeast of India is like the Europe of India. People over there are quite well educated. They're quite self-sufficient. They're very close to nature and they protect their environment. They only eat what they grow and very rarely do they bring food from outside. Nature over there is intact. Loads of lovely reasons to enjoy northeast of India and I wanted to start my journey there. I've been planning to go there for a very long time and finally I had four days. There was a public holiday over here. And I only managed to live in Gangtok which is the capital city. I would have loved to see more of Sikkim, especially the other smaller towns, because I just had four days, I couldn't. Gangtok is a pretty tourist-friendly location. Yes, Gangtok is a beautiful city. It's up on the hills. Uh, Sikkim in general is very, very beautiful. To get to northeast of India is quite a task, especially from uh, Dubai. I took a flight via Delhi and then another flight to West Bengal and then there was a five-hour car journey. So you can imagine how much time I spent traveling in a four-day trip. But... It was totally worth it. It is a very touristy place. Having said that, I was speaking to the tour guides in a lot of other places and they said that most of the tourists that come here are from India and we have very, very few foreign tourists. Which is quite sad because that made me realize that foreigners do not quite know about that region. When I went there, which is end of November and the start of December, it had just started snowing. So there were like half-frozen lakes, snow-capped mountains. In that weather, eating is even more fun because you tend to be more hungry when you are experiencing like extreme cold 
climate. So I, I had some really, really delicious local food, which is all vegan. Okay, so you mentioned that you had a lot of travel to do, right? Was it Dubai to Delhi, Delhi to Calcutta, I'm assuming, and then Calcutta to Gangtok? So what's the journey like? I, I know a lot of flights today to provide vegan alternatives to food and things like that. But then when you're, you know, when you're going local flights and stuff, like, is that something that that's easy enough to do? It is actually. I fly Jet Airways. I have had a couple of difficult times with them in the past. But besides Jet Airways, I think there's Air India that does vegan options on their flights. I think these days quite a lot of airlines do vegan options. Since I've turned vegan, I've traveled mostly to India and Sri Lanka. And I've found vegan options because I flew Emirates to Sri Lanka and they have a vegan option as well. But it's also pretty confusing because they have these initials for every meal. So you have the AVML and the VGML and the VLML, which are the main ones. AVML is usually Asian vegetarian. It is not necessarily vegan, but you... Like I said, Asian food is vegan. They don't usually use use a lot of dairy or eggs in them. But I think they consider vegetarian to be non-egg. The one that the vegans should look out for is the VGML because that's the vegetarian vegan meal. And there's the VLML, which is the vegetarian lacto-ovo, which is obviously not vegan. But make sure that you go on the website of the airline and check it out. If it confuses you, call them. They're very particular about what meals they serve. Airlines have tremendously improved their services in that aspect because they understand allergies. And nobody wants to get into the allergy debate, right? Having said that be ready to be disappointed sometimes there would be times where they would have mixed up your meal they would have added some yogurt it's interesting that you say that actually because that that was true even even as a vegetarian like so many number of times it has happened where they'd come to you and be like yeah we're out of vegetarian meals and you know stuff like that so that's totally normal go with the worst case scenario and be prepared that you may not get exactly what you wanted more often than not it should be right but don't have any expectations so I flew Jet Airways from Dubai to Delhi and again Jet Airways from Delhi to West Bengal and on the domestic flight which are pretty short it doesn't really matter right I mean you just have like an hour and a half and you're fine not to eat besides I had a 7 hour layover at the Delhi airport so I made sure I stuffed my face over there as well and again I'm assuming at an airport like Delhi airport you'd find options as well yeah and there are quite a few coffee shops like the Costas and the Starbucks that do soy milk I think soy milk is something that is now readily available everywhere so yeah I had my hot drink with soy milk sandwiches is something that people really need to work on yeah because mo- most places when they think vegetarian sandwich they dump like a hefty amount of cheese in there right exactly yeah. Um, but I think when you're in India, if you don't eat Indian breakfast, then that's just unfair. So I ended up eating a lot of South Indian food, which is your dosas and your idlis at the airport, that is. And in the flight, I was given vegan food. There was there was no issue with it. I, it was pretty simple. It wasn't it wasn't difficult at all to find vegan food. And like you mentioned, that India is a very vegetarian friendly country. Meat or fish or all of these ingredients is not a big part of our food. So yeah, and I think also, I mean, in India, especially, uh, you know, unlike I don't know, I mean, even in Dubai though, that's changing quite heavily but you know the, this option of like okay well we'll just serve it to you without the meat but then you know you're taking out a pretty substantial portion of, of what the food is so that's one of the reasons why I think um, a lot of like places like you said like sandwiches and stuff will just replace it with cheese to make it substantial again whereas in India at least you have that option where you have so many veggie friendly options that at best it's you know a topping of cream or something like that that you have to tell them to take out but at least the dish by itself is pretty substantial so on my side I mean I was on the other end of India right so I was in Mumbai and then I went to Gujarat as well which I realize is one city and one state but whatever so obviously the flight and stuff like you said I mean a, a three hour journey is not really that that tough plus it was an overnight flight so it wasn't too bad one of the heartening things that I found in, in Mumbai especially is, is just how vegan friendly they've become so a lot of places are now marking you know menus with vegan options I'm gonna give a slight shout out to one place which is 2 and 2 all good they've got a couple of locations across the city but I visited their location at High Street Phoenix in, in Lower Perth their menu is such that they say hey we'll tell you when there's gluten and we'll tell you when there's meat in the food because everything else is vegetarian or and vegan friendly and they even had uh, a, a, a shredded tofu 
as an alternative to to cheese on pizza that was a cool idea because i mean everywhere at least especially in dubai when you start looking at uh, you know cheese alternatives everybody's giving you nut cheese uh, unless i'm wrong but i don't think they had a dairy ice cream option on their menu as well which i thought was pretty cool so uh, all in all a uh, quite a nice place i mean i think this was one of their smaller locations but it was just really really nice to see a menu where so much of the stuff was vegan it this reminds me actually i had my italian partners coming for a business review here and we took them to this restaurant called ruya in grovner's house it's a turkish restaurant when the ceo secretary was arranging all of this she said that oh this is the restaurant it has a set menu and i was like i'm going to starve like at best i could have a salad but i just told her to inform the restaurant that i was a vegan and when i got there she brought the menu and uh, she's like is is there a vegetarian in the group and everyone like pointed towards me like 12 people pointed towards me and she's like oh we have a separate set menu for vegetarians and i was like oh you know what actually i don't eat dairy she said oh you're a vegan and i was like yeah can i get a hug please <laughs> Because I was so excited that she uh, recognized uh, what that means and I literally had like and the set menu consisted of a starter of a salad a main and a dessert barring the dessert there were two options in every uh, course for a vegan I started to realize that certain cuisines easily lend themselves to being vegan So I mean for me like a uh, standard go to is is Lebanese I mean especially the appetizer section because just about everything um or a lot of things are 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 extremely vegan friendly uh, the same is true with Asian cooking where even the creaminess option is always something like coconut milk or whatever Indian food helps but the vegetarian food there is a lot of paneer and cheese and stuff like that and cream but South Indian food is great for this as well they don't use a lot of cheese in their food they don't actually use a lot of yogurt either or I mean so that's awesome I mean I, you know certain certain cuisines do lend themselves a little bit better or at least really quick to veganize them so it's quite nice yeah and i think in mumbai where you were of course there are like the fancy restaurants where you get like proper vegan food but even the street food over there is pretty much vegan mumbai street food consists of uh, food from different areas as well it also does a lot of south indian food with the mumbai take i mean it's not necessary that you always have to spend a few extra bucks and eat vegan food when you're traveling you can always try and explore their street options and i know this is more traveling to india tip so i use zomato a lot zomato is pretty popular in our region too and one of the nice things zomato has done is that they actually highlight restaurants that serve vegan options right they they it's one of the criteria just like wifi and so having a bar or not and one of the options is you know does this restaurant serve vegan options and occasionally i think once or twice it has happened that i've seen a restaurant that says serves vegan options but it's more like we can veganize a bunch of things but in general it's very very handy so before i left i did a search and we found hundreds of restaurants in in mumbai especially this was however not when i went to gujarat because there at least on sabato grand total of three restaurants showed up the good thing is because i'm familiar with the area and stuff i know that that wasn't true probably a combination of restaurants not listing themselves as such because the the term is not something that they're familiar with and therefore wouldn't think of and also in a lot of cases like i mean again because it's vegetarian and very vegetarian friendly uh, as a location a lot of things can be veganized but then may not necessarily be listed as vegan so i attended a wedding while i was there and that's where it became really tough to like find options because one of the things in more so Indian weddings is the way to make food decadent is to top it with ghee even regular things like your samosas and chaat and on the street you would find it fried in oil at homes you would find it in oil but then there would be something would be fried in ghee instead this is it's such a it's such a different change right so when i did a wedding a year before that i would be one of the first ones walking around the catering areas to go and see what was available and this time i was walking by the catering areas to see what was available that was vegan and i could eat but yeah again one of the dangers is like so you you might have like a mixed vegetable something with the gravy or whatever but invariably because it's a wedding or generally if you were eating out like they would top it with cream or a little bit of butter or something like that and again in a wedding context customizing some of that stuff is very difficult so uh, yeah the one thing that it called a lot of attention from my entire extended family that I've become vegan 
I think in the north and the northwestern and the western regions of India, you usually have um, a lot of inclination towards dairy in your food. And the more you go down south, it's coconut oil, which is like a big thing in the vegan world, but it has been there in the south of India like since centuries now. Interestingly, in the northeastern part, now that's a that's a pretty heavy meat-eating uh, region. But I do not find it difficult. Now, luckily, um, I was staying at a hotel, a beautiful, beautiful hotel in Gangtok, with excellent service. I mean, I was amazed at how awesome their service was and how friendly their people were in general, on the streets, in restaurants, at bars. And they understood Hindi very well. That's something you don't see in Dubai quite often, so this, this amazes me more than it should. Um, but, of course, the, the, the hotel was beautiful and it had great views and good service. Apparently, there were some mild riots going on in that area area when I was holidaying there and the hotel had all cancelled reservations. Three days I was the only one in that entire hotel and it was massive and I was the only person in that hotel. I don't know if that was the reason I was getting amazing service or just in general they give amazing service. Those guys literally made food only for me. I could just tell them what to do and what not to do, right? So I didn't have to worry about the, the only problem was that they got too excited that they have at least one guest so they made shit loads of food for me they made a lot of food for me and I, like every night I would sit there for one hour watching television in my room because because it, it would like after 8pm or so, 7 or 8pm like the city would just close down and people would be back in their homes because it was too cold he would make me like your Indian vegetables and gravy and curries and the dals and everything and I just had to tell him don't put any dairy I'm allergic the A word yeah it was fine so within the hotel it was fine but also outside when especially when I went to this place called the Nathula Pass which is the uh, highest pass in India and it's basically a road between India and uh, Tibet and years ago they used to trade using that road but now it has closed down so I was at the border of India and China and it was a, it was a beautiful feeling it was an amazing place and there are these little tiny stalls that sell gumboots and food and they have like everything I, I saw like 200 shops of the same kind so they all had black gumboots and the gloves and uh, food so I, I obviously had to try out one of the local street foods, right? And they're quite big on instant noodles. They had the table. There, there could only be like three or four people sitting in that one small restaurant. So I had this amazing dish called Thukpa and I, I posted on Instagram as well. And they have these tables under which they have like a stove kind of a thing where there's like fire coming out and you could pr- pretty much put your legs and your hands over there just to warm yourself while you eat. I was amazed at how many cool things there were in that little stall, right? Like inside it was like completely different magic world and uh, she made some momos momos are pretty much known as dumplings okay so this was this was in december and then you've got another travel coming up now in in february so where are you headed i'm going to armenia with a few friends who want to do a skiing holiday i can't even spell skiing (laughs) so i told them that while they ski i would go and skydive yeah but um, i think i'm going to train myself to ski there's no way i can skydive in that weather so i have no choice but to this is going to be quite a contrast right to visiting india actually how easy is it going to be to find vegan options in a pretty meat-friendly country? Well, I've always been a vegetarian, right? And I've traveled to a lot of different places. A few years ago, I traveled to Bali and Thailand. And at that point, I couldn't find a lot of vegan options, especially in Bali. I was literally starving in Bali every day, unless I went to a nice fancy restaurant. And when you're traveling, you don't want to go to fancy restaurants and eat Italian food, right? Yeah, so at that point, like four or five years ago, that's when I found it very difficult to find vegetarian 
food in Bali. But today I read about all kinds of vegan food, especially Thailand. My brother and my sister-in-law went to Thailand recently and they were raving about all the vegan options that they found over there. And I've heard that Bali has also gotten much better. So internationally, I think it has improved a lot in the last few years. Although I'm a bit worried about Armenia, we have a vegan group chat and there's this one guy who posted a picture of him with an empty plate or some leaves on it and saying that this is the vegan food I found in Armenia. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. I just Googled vegan options in Yerevan. I don't know if it's Yerevan or Yerevan. Easily, I found up to 20 restaurant options. Just like how Zomato gives you the vegan options. I think when we're in the capital city, it's not going to be a problem. I'm sure I'll find something. It's just that when we move to the smaller towns, especially for skiing, that's when I reckon that I'll have some issues. But I'm trying to like create my backup for it. Are there any other tips that you would give people that are looking, especially when you're traveling to a country like Armenia or other places where you can sort of anticipate that it's not going to be the easiest thing to find a vegan option? Yeah, so whenever I plan to travel, I do research much in advance of what I want to do, where I want to go, how will I travel from one place to the other. Now this adds on to my planning list. Where will I eat and what will I eat? What I usually do is I try and uh, seek vegan communities of that particular country on Facebook and on social media and then ask for tips of where to eat. There is also a website called happycow.net. I mean, you can choose the country and they will give you all the options that are available there. And of course, then there is the ever so friendly Google if all else fails. But at the same time, I also pack up like some backup food. Pack up your backup. That's our vegan tip for the day. It's basically all your uh, packaged ready-to-eat foods, your granola bars, your cereal and your... Yeah, something to snack on and things. Non-dairy milk. Even growing up and stuff, especially if you live in a vegetarian household, uh, this was always the case, right? Especially uh, when we're talking like maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago when there weren't that many vegetarian options in certain countries and stuff. And so it was always a very normal thing, you know, to always carry snacks and always carry nutrition bars and, uh, and all this stuff just in case there were days when, you know, sometimes you couldn't even find something like pizza or something Italian where you could just go to and, you know, you'd find something to eat. So yeah, you can you can always carry a backup food and you can carry your backup toiletries. And usually I've, I've found that the toiletries that you find in hotels usually ruin your hair and your skin in, especially with hotels and stuff I mean you know if cost is such a big factor they're just white labeling something that is not necessarily the best product to begin with I mean there have been occasions where not this trip but the previous one we had uh, I think a one night or two night stay somewhere while we were away from the city you know we, we happened to go to, to a hotel where there everything was plant based I mean and that's actually in India that's not an uncommon thing as well right I think even we had asked the staff there about it and they were like we get our stuff from this particular uh, company that makes uh, extremely natural stuff like gooseberry oil and uh, with very very minor or amla oil or whatever and stuff like that i think you should yeah like that's that's about it of course then the regular thing of going to restaurants asking people to veganize stuff but uh, most importantly if this seems like a huge task for you you actually have the option of staying in vegan friendly places so i usually tend to book airbnbs uh, I enjoy staying with the locals when I go to different countries. The two kinds of Airbnbs is one where you're actually living with the family, but at the same time, it has also become a bit commercialized. So people like have an apartment and they rent it out. But if you're especially living with a family, there are loads of options actually for vegan-friendly stays. Uh, there's, in fact, an Airbnb for that, which is called vegvisits.com. They cater to vegetarian and vegan-friendly stays. Yeah, but be careful and let your host know because I've read a couple of times that hosts have canceled at the last minute after taking the booking fee just because they found out that the person who's going to stay is vegan highly unprofessional but things like that happen so it's it's best to speak to the host before you book any place let them know what your uh, dietary requirements are and um, yeah airbnb has always been a wonderful experience for me so if you do find a vegan friendly airbnb it's 
even better i think the one takeaway has to be like you know you talk to people about it i mean and like like you said you know in the case of a hotel or an airbnb like inform the hosts inform the staff this is a dietary requirement you have and i mean in most cases especially i mean when it comes to tourism like this is something that they would cater to because they want to cater to their guests and so they would be open to try something out for you you know we talked about this in one of our earlier episodes as well that veganism isn't about necessarily just avocado and kale right it's a, even even there's so many natural vegetables fruits so many things that are locally grown in most countries so i think it's important that, that it is shared i mean like i said actually it, it turned out to be an interesting experience for me uh, you know with my extended family it's how much of my family was aware of it and also turned around and said oh you can't have that right because this has dairy or you can't have this and you can't have that and like kind of looking out for me while we were while we were doing it and stuff like that so it was uh, you know it, it's uh, it's it's always good to talk to people and uh, you know and make sure that you're being catered to it's it's not like you can only find options and tell your server about you being vegan in a five star hotel you can also speak to smaller hotels and restaurants and usually because they want the business and because they value the business more they will cater to your requirements also if you if you have an airbnb and you're not living with anybody in the airbnb you can cook for yourself like nothing beats that right it's it's always best to learn a few words in the local language yeah i think that's a great tip actually yeah and it's so easy to do that nowadays especially right like you mentioned you reach out to people on social media your friends and extend people because someone would have traveled the place and even if they themselves are not vegetarian or vegan or something but they can at least guide you because they would have seen something that helps you this happened to us when we, when i went to turkey i mean we didn't spend a lot of time in istanbul like we were we were traveling all, all around the countryside so <laughs> people didn't speak english people didn't even speak arabic so we couldn't even use our, any arabic words that we know to try and communicate with them because it didn't work and it was i mean i wasn't vegan then but was vegetarian and so it it was still very hard to try and explain to somebody like you didn't want meat because people have very different connotations about that people think fish is okay and you don't and things like that so um it was very helpful i mean i i just pulled out my phone i had a dictionary on it and eventually i by the end of that trip like i was not speaking entire sentences but i had a lot of vocabulary like a lot of words including by the way the word for discount which is i think something everybody should know when they travel <laughs> it's indirim if you're going to turkey by any chance so we had a, we had a driver and we drove around the place and stuff so it was just very handy that he was also feeding us words we like oh, ask for this and ask for that um and stuff and then eventually it just because he was with us for most of the driving around the countryside um and we reached a point where he would just tell us yeah you can't go there because that's a meat place and you can you know you need to go somewhere else so but as you said i mean you know always uh, do some research before you go try and talk to people and then when you're there like make your requirements known and inform the staff so that they are aware inform the people that you're dealing with whether it's a tour company or whatever That's it but don't um, stress out this sounds like a lot of information before traveling but it's it's not really it's very easy and i think in today's uh, I, i know i keep saying this in every episode but today with the social media and people being closer to each other and all the information pretty handy there's nothing out there that is difficult i mean i quite enjoy adding the vegan plans in my travels as well so don't stress and enjoy your uh, holiday to let our listeners know as well that there is a vegan seminar coming up. Heetal, you're helping out with this. What exactly is the seminar expected to cover? This is going to be a first of its kind seminar in Dubai. We are trying to reach out to people who are aspirational vegans, anybody who wants to understand veganism better and try and explain to them the different aspects. We will focus on four different aspects and have different kiosks for it. Health and wellness slash nutrition. We're going to focus on the environmental impact. We're going to focus on lifestyle. We're going to focus on animal liberation. We're expecting walk-ins to come in and decide what they want to learn more about rather than us preaching about everything and they can choose the booth we're going to have free food tasting we're going to have to show people that vegan food is not boring 
we're going to try and collaborate with some vegan restaurants and meals and meal plans and give some giveaways to our visitors so it's going to be a fun event it's also going to be a learning experience because it's the first time we're doing something like that so we there's a bunch of about 20 odd vegans who are getting together and working on it really hard and uh, let's see how the response is veganism has picked up in this country at a much faster pace than i expected and we want to give out as much information as possible and make it as easy as it can be for people to transition as well so So, if you're a listener of this show, guess what? The two vegans are going to be there. Hita, as you know, is already helping organize and she's definitely going to be there, as well I. So, this is on the 26th of January. It's going to be held at the Oasis Mall on the Sheikh Zayed Road in Dubai from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. So, yeah, if you're a listener of the show, you know, you're someone that wants to learn more about this, please do stop by. Come say hi to us as well. It'd be awesome. to meet you guys in person come stop by check out the kiosk i think it's going to be an interesting thing and we'll be there so we'd love to say hi to everybody all right well i think that's it for our episode today um i'd love to hear from listeners as well uh, both if there are countries that you visited where you found some nice vegan options and tell us about it. and hopefully we'll try and share that uh with everybody else are there any tips that you guys use or there are things that you think you know you've learned when traveling that helped you out um let us know and again we'll try and share that with with the other listeners if you haven't subscribed already please do that uh we would really appreciate it you can also review us you can subscribe in any podcast player that you like if you like instagram you can look up the two weekends our username is the.2.vegans we're also on twitter if you like to follow us there so we do release information whenever we have a new episode going up and things like that so you can look us up as well and do keep listening and uh thanks to comtor 102 it was fun to record in this space and we're going to try to keep doing this have fun I think it's a beautiful name. When you when you look at Momos, you just, this should be called Momos. I think I'm gonna name my next rescue dumpling. Can you imagine like having a pet named Momo and be like, "Come here, my little dumpling." <laughs> it's, yeah. it's perfect. <laughs>